Hi, Burley Heads Church of Christ. I'm Jeff Snook from the Lakes Church in Cairns. And last week we had your pastor, Steve, preaching in our church. Through the magic of the internet, Steve shared some of the insights that you've all been learning about how to cultivate the, uh, the character and the fruit of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. It was awesome to have him share and really helpful for us. And today we get to return the favor. My wife, Laura, has got a message that she's gonna share with you in just a moment. Some of you will remember Laura. She spoke at your church, at Burley Church, in December last year and talked about finding Jesus like a diamond in a storm. You may remember the painting that she shared with you of that exact thing of a diamond in the midst of a whirlwind. And so I hope that her message today is encouraging and helpful and even challenging for you as she talks about finding Jesus in life's interruptions. I love this connection between our two churches. You guys in the Churches of Christ family are the southernmost church in Queensland. And in that same movement, we're the northernmost church in Queensland. So between us, we have the state covered. Uh, and Laura and I have known Stephen Merrin for quite a while. It was a real joy for us to be able to hand over the young adult ministry at Southport Church of Christ eight years ago to Stephen Mez and to see them take it from strength to strength and do things that we could never have done if we'd stayed there on the Gold Coast. We also know a number of other wonderful people who are part of your church from our time on the Gold Coast. And so it's wonderful to connect in this way. I just wanna pray for you and then I'll hand over to Laura and her message. Father, I thank you for everyone who's part of Burley Church and watching today. Lord, those who, uh, who have been there for ages and, and connecting in person and now trying to figure out what this whole season of COVID means and church in person and church online. And Lord, for those who are watching from afar or who have joined the church in this season and are yet to, to figure out and discover the joy of community in person. Lord, I just pray that today, as they gather from all over the place online, that you would really speak to them about how you want to uh, reveal opportunities for them, your plans for them, and how you want to speak to them each day in surprising, unexpected, in what feels like interrupting ways. Would you speak to people today through Laura's message in your name? Amen. I'm not sure what you are like, but I don't like having nothing to do. I'm not talking about a day where there is planned rest, and there's nothing to do as long as it's planned. That's very important, being planned rest. I like being busy. I like having things to do because it feels like I'm getting something done. I'm achieving something. And when I'm in the moment, when I'm busy, I hate being interrupted. For example, if I'm preparing a sermon like this and I'm in the zone, the words are flying and I'm on a roll, interruptions wreck my zone. It wrecks my workflow. I would really like sometimes to put a do not disturb sign on myself or on my back, don't talk to me. I lose momentum. I lose my thoughts. And it's really in, easy in those moments to get annoyed because it's hard to get that space back in your mind. It's hard to get that train of thought flowing again. And I think most people can relate to that. Interruption is inconvenient. It's usually time consuming because it makes the task you're trying to do take a whole lot longer than it was ever supposed to. And nobody has time for that. I like being busy and I like no interruptions when I'm in that busy zone. And I think it's normal. People like to be productive. It feels good to accomplish something. We experience this intrinsic reward in overcoming a challenge and learning something new or just getting stuff done. And it can be healthy. But there can also be a time when it comes just that's the goal and it, busyness is just driving us. 
And busyness is like a status symbol in our culture. I don't know about you, but often when you greet someone, it goes along the lines like this. Hey, how are you going? And the reply comes back, I'm good. I'm really good. Busy, but good. And I do this too. It's become a normal thing to say. Or you try and arrange a time to catch up with someone for coffee or maybe have them over for dinner, have a play date for the kids, and it goes something like this. Hey, would you like to catch up? We're free Wednesday night, we've got Saturday night next week free, or Sunday the following week. And the reply comes back, that's awesome, I can't wait to catch up, but those days I'm busy. I'm not sure when, I'll let you know, it's crazy around here. We're busy people and we hate interruptions to our business. Or we can't make time for those interruptions because we have so much on. Corrie ten Boom was a Dutch Christian who wrote a book called The Hiding Place. It's a biography that recounts how she found hope in God when she was imprisoned in a concentration camp because she was hiding Jews during the war. And I recently read a quote by Corrie ten Boom that says, if the devil can't make us sin, he will make us busy. And that quote really struck me and I kept thinking about it. And then I read it again, like a week later in a totally different context. When I'm in the busy zone, I'm not just trying to get that job done, I'm trying to get the task finished. And it's all we can focus on. And I think it's really true what Kurt was trying to say. I know I've missed so many opportunities from God because my mind is busy. I'm not looking out for what other things God is trying to do and say and the people he's bringing my way. I'm focused on my things. And when we get busy and we get interrupted, we get annoyed because those interruptions and disruptions just seem to stuff things up. But are they appointments from God? Busyness really is one of the greatest enemies. It's easy to be distracted with things that are important in life, like jobs, our family and our friends. And these things are not bad, they're important. But when they drown out God, that's when it becomes a problem. When we're busy, we aren't thinking about God, we aren't thinking about how to live for God or our thoughts and plans are on our work and family and the next thing to do. And when we get interrupted, we can blow up. We can get angry and we think it's the distraction to what is important. And it's easy to rationalise that anger. I've done it so many times. But what if those disruptions and interruptions aren't a bad thing? What if disruptions and interruptions in our busyness are God opportunities? What if we get, when we get angry at these disruptions, we aren't seeing what God is trying to do? What if we learn to experience the interruption differently? Rather than viewing all outside interruption as the enemy of pro productivity and creativity, what if we look for the opportunities God is giving us? What if we look at the people he's bringing into our lives Maybe he's wanting us to be Jesus' hands and his feet in that situation. Jesus did a lot of things in the three years he did ministry here on earth. I've been in some form of Christian ministry for around 18 years and I haven't done anything close to achieving what Jesus did in his three years. He was teaching his 12 disciples about who he was. He was teaching people in synagogues. He was hanging out with friends. He was doing miracles. He took time out to pray and to be in solitude with God. He went to dinner with friends. He celebrated Jewish festivals that God had instituted. And he travelled and told people about who he was. And as we read the Gospels, we know that what we have recorded wasn't everything. It says in John 21, 25, 
Jesus also did many other things that weren't recorded in the Gospels. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Maybe he was busy. I don't know. He was definitely in demand from a lot of people. He just did it well. People wanted to hear from him. They wanted to hear his teaching. People wanted to be healed and people wanted to be around him to see what everyone was talking about. Jesus did busyness well. But we also know that he took time out to be refreshed and sought solitude with God. But that's not really what I'm talking about today. So let's look at how Jesus did his busyness well. Jesus' desire was to show people who God is and to tell people about God's plan. And often in the middle of doing something important, he was so focused, but he was looking out for people God was bringing in his path. And all through the scriptures, we see Jesus was interrupted. And I'll show you an example in just a couple of seconds. But Jesus didn't react to these interruptions like I often do. He didn't get angry and annoyed. He did not have a do not disturb sign on him as he walked through the village. He didn't send people away yelling at them saying, can't you see I'm in the middle of something right now? Go away. He didn't allow those moments of interruption to go to waste. In fact, the times when Jesus was interrupted was the times when some of his most amazing miracles happened. So let's look at Matthew chapter 9. So Jesus is talking to John the Baptist's disciples. They came to him with questions and he was teaching them, talking to them. And he was in the middle of explaining a brilliant concept in Matthew 9 verse 17. But in the very next verse, we read that he was interrupted right in the middle of this explanation. Verse 18 says, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. So this is interruption number one. It sounds like this leader didn't even let Jesus finish his explanation. He was desperate. And the leader says, my daughter has just died, but you can bring her back to life again if you come and lay hands on her. So Jesus was having a pretty important conversation and he doesn't get annoyed. He doesn't say to this man, excuse me, you've been pretty rude right now. Can you just, you're just going to have to wait for 10 minutes. I need to really finish this important explanation. Just, just hang on. You're interrupting. He doesn't say that. It says no in verse 19. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. He allowed the interruption. He even put that teaching moment aside and got up and went. He was going to heal this synagogue leader's daughter without hesitation. He was busy, but he didn't let the interruption get in the way of bringing the kingdom of God to this family, to this man. He was seeing the person, not the interruption. So as he's heading off to interruption number one, the very next verse, Jesus gets interrupted again. He's busy, he's on the way, he's walking there with his disciples and he's compassionate towards this man. He wants to heal this this daughter, so he's walking. And then verse 20 says, Just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe. So interruption number two. It says, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. And after the crowd was put outside, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. 
the report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. Jesus and his disciples did not get too far before there was interruption number two. If I was there, I probably wouldn't have even slowed down my pace. I probably wouldn't have even felt that small touch on the edge of my robe. I would have been focused and driven. God had given me an assignment to heal this girl. I'd already been interrupted. But Jesus stopped when he was aware someone had touched his garment. Interruption number two. Why? Why did he turn around and ask who had touched him? Because Jesus had compassion on the desperation of this woman as well. He saw the person, not the interruption. When no one else could make her well, Jesus could and Jesus did. And this passage is only just a couple of examples of Jesus getting interrupted. Jesus taking the time to see the person and the need. He took the time not getting annoyed and angry because he was in the middle of something. Jesus didn't just walk away. These people's lives were changed. They were changed because Jesus brought a touch of heaven into their lives and they understood the power of God. And there was a ripple effect because Jesus healed these two people. So many others came to faith. I had an interruption the other day. I was at a shop buying something and the salesperson wanted to talk. Imagine that. They struck up a conversation. But this just wasn't any conversation. It was about faith and God and church. I wasn't there for that, though. I was there to buy something. But you know what I'm talking about because you know I hate being interrupted too. But you can learn to handle interruptions like Jesus did, not seeing the interruption but seeing the person involved, seeing how you can show love to them and looking for what God wanted to what God must let me start that again looking for what God might want to say in that situation and looking for how you can pray so this is a challenge for you and for me but we can find Jesus in the interruption here I am interrupted frustrated distracted annoyed held up but Jesus are you here too Jesus are you at work here Jesus do you have something for me to learn in this is there someone here for me to love They're questions we can ask. And you know what's really cool? Jesus does this with us as well. Jesus also interrupts us. He wants to get our attention. In John chapter 4, Jesus is sitting by a well and a Samaritan woman came and is going about her daily business. And it's clear when we read this story that she did not want to be disturbed. She'd come to the well in the middle of the day to avoid the morning water cooler chat. She knew nobody would be drawing water that time of day. And there was Jesus waiting and he asked for a favour, a drink of water. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? I imagine her thinking, why are you talking to me? There are so many cultural reasons why Jesus shouldn't have talked to her. But he broke them all and he interrupted her and it changed her life. She came away from that experience, that conversation, a completely different woman. So much so that this woman no longer avoided people. It says in verse 28, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. The Samaritan woman allowed Jesus' interruption into her life and it changed everything. And for me, that's true too. Jesus has interrupted my life so many times. A couple of years ago, we had a ministry here from IHOP, International House of Prayer. And the guy was wrapping up the night. It was a great night and we were kind of here helping the situation. And I heard him say to one of his colleagues, we're finished for the night. And then he looked up. He saw me 
and he made a beeline straight to me. I was not prepared for this. I was getting interrupted. And he sat down and he prayed with me and he said some things that really were from Jesus. He broke through. One of the things I remember him saying was, this is a new day. Jesus was saying to me, I'm breaking through some of the hurt in the past that you've experienced. This is a new day. Things will be restored. God interrupted me and it changed me. And he can do that for you too. Jesus never saw anyone as an annoyance or an interruption. Every moment, every encounter, every individual, no matter how insignificant, mattered to him. Jesus was interrupted so often that his interruptions were interrupted. And so many things that Jesus did, his healings, his teachings happened out of these interruptions. So imagine if we look at the interruptions in our life in a different light. Imagine if we were interrupted and we were asking God each time, what do you want me to do in this situation? What if we learn to experience interruption differently? What if the last few months have been a big interruption so God can get you to lift your head up and look around? Don't get caught up in the emotions of annoyance and anger at the interruption. What is God saying to you in this time? Interruption in our busyness can be God's invitation. God is inviting us to see him all around, to share with people that we run into, that we're prompted to love in our conversations, in serving those in need. Interruption is not just simply a matter of a heart developing patience. It's about experiencing true life. It's one of God's ways of waking us up to what's around that more can be done than our self-appointed tasks for the day, as important as they seem. Maybe God is asking us to take off that do not disturb sign. Even a simple interruption like letting someone in front of you at the grocery store that has a ginormous cart full of groceries. Or stopping in a park when you run into a friend, even though you don't have a lot of time. Or stopping what you're doing at work for a moment just to help a colleague. I think times when, we're in, when inconveniences crop up, we think we're in the wrong place. And it might be exactly that God is saying that this is where you are meant to be right now. And if we take off that do not disturb sign and we make our lives available to God, we have the privilege of sharing in the happiness he brings to other people's lives. It's exciting. So what is God saying to you in the interruption? Look for the God appointments in your interruptions. And there's nothing wrong with plans as long as we build in margins to be available to God. So go with your plan until he interrupts it. It might be bringing someone along to your path so you can be Jesus' hands and feet. Or it might be Jesus himself interrupting you because he has a better plan for you. And when the interruption comes, see the person or the opportunity, not the interruption. Because this might just be an appointment from God. So let me pray for us this morning. Jesus, thank you so much that you demonstrated busyness so well. Thank you so much that in the interruptions, you didn't dismiss people, that you saw the person, you saw the need. And I pray that this morning we can look around and be the hands and feet of you, that in the interruptions in our life, we can take the opportunities you're giving us to speak your love, to bring a little bit of heaven to people's lives, that we can just, Holy Spirit, use us in that way, that we can see interruptions as a great thing from you, appointments from you, Jesus, use us and speak to us as we go about our life. 
Thank you for who you are in Jesus' name.